You're listening to Girls Gone Wild. This is Joy. And this is Claire. And this is bonus book club time. Yay! Woohoo! Brought to you by Kalo. And we're just going to jump right in to our bonus book club discussion. Our inaugural episode yeah. for the book club. I kind of loved that we read a book all together. I'm really proud of us, I got to say. And I was thinking about this today that I never considered myself a book club person, mostly because people usually actually read the book according to Scott Parrish's standards. And <laughs> so now that I'm like... With their eyes. With their eyes. Now that I'm in the world of audiobooks, which by the way, you guys, if you want to support the podcast, you can also support Audible, our Audible trial. You get a free book and one month trial. So this is a perfect opportunity to combine. If you're listening to this and you're not officially in the book club, you can go to audibletrial.com forward slash girls gone wild podcast and support the podcast and support the book club and support Audible. So as far as audiobooks go, I'm super into this world and listen to audiobooks all the time. So now that we have this book club, it's like it just... it's like a whole new world has opened up and I feel like I'm finally part of this secret society of book clubs. It's great. And I loved reading or listening (laughs) to this book because I know I mentioned this in a previous episode. It just felt good to know everyone else out there was reading it with us. Yeah, I know. It was kind of fun. I actually read it on my Kindle with my eyes, but not with pages still. Mm -hmm. So, you know, 21st century Right. Uh, yeah, the, the future is now. Future is now. You know what? Actually, it's a funny the future is now moment. So we were watching Back to the Future because we literally always watch Back to the Future. And Do you really? Brandon is obsessed. Oh, it's my his, gosh. It's like his favorite movie series. We watch it all the time. And in the and in the it's the first one where they actually go no, the second one where they go to the future to save Marty's kids. Uh-huh. The thing that you know he she, he like goes into this like um retro shop and they're selling books she's like and this is called a dust jacket this is what they used to put on books before dust resistant paper so like that in 1985 like the most futuristic book they could think of had dust resistant paper yeah not like it will be on a tiny screen that you hold in oh your hand, man we really which you can access all of human knowledge and which you will use to watch cat videos instead we've outdone ourselves yeah mm-hmm. we've crazy. really surpassed surpassed that <laughs> Anyway, uh, but I, I was it kind of like got me to read it because I, I a lot of times I'll get like halfway through a book and then abandon it, and this one I I powered through because I was like I got to talk about it. So the book we chose for our inaugural meeting of the book club is The Year of Yes by Shonda Rhimes. Yes. I have to say that I I've I'd seen this book floating around Audible for months and months and months, and I had a a, a resistance to reading it, and the reason being is I had this idea about Shonda Rhimes that was completely inaccurate, which just goes to show, don't judge a book by its cover. (laughs) (laughs) And by that, I just mean I had, because she's never in the media, and I had just like heard random things, I think through all the drama of like that one Kristen Heigl chick. And I just had this like weird idea that she was like not a nice person. I have no mm-hmm. idea why. I just had heard these things through, through media, social media, whatever. So yeah. whenever I saw the year of yes, I was always like, ah, I don't know. Like, is it just another like high powered woman in Hollywood? Just like right. bra- bragging about Tells her stuff. Sort of, yeah. yeah. And I just, I judged it based off of the stupid things I had heard, which is really ridiculous. So I finally was like, okay, I'm just going to read this because everyone keeps, you know, it keeps popping up in my Audible account. And Mm -hmm. uh, I'm so glad I did because I was, I could not have been more wrong about her. I could not have been more wrong. Yeah, that's somebody else wrote that too. Uh, Let me see if I can find the comment where they were like, I 
really thought I was going to hate this book. And then, yeah, that was uh, Brianna Stewart said, when I heard of this book, I didn't want to read it. I felt like it would make me feel like shit for not being able to say yes, quote unquote, to love and finally commit to a relationship. I've been in long-term relationships and they always get to a point where I'm afraid to commit further and end them. I'm at that point in a current relationship. Instead, this book made me realize it's really about saying yes to how you feel. I love that she turned it around. I loved this book. She also, I think, you know, some people like I've looked at this the same way and was like, I don't need some like another some other stupid like exactly. how to power pose book, you know, but I I really ended up liking it too because I liked how I think it's the same reason that I like when you always talk about Brene Brown, I'm like, ugh, leave yeah, it. Right. And then I finally started reading Brene Brown and I was like, okay, no, you're right. Because it's like like the she reminds me of her in the same way of being like, I hate those people and I know that you <laughs> exactly. also hate those people. But they're kind of on to something. Exactly. <laughs> like, let's, like, explore how they're on to something in a way that's not just so freaking self-indulgent. Exactly. Like, and, that's and, and kind of, like, not touchy-feely in a, in, yeah. in a way that embraces it, but it's not, like, overboard. Because even uh, Brene Brown is, like, I am, you know, when I went to therapy, I was, like, I don't want to talk about childhood shit. None of this past stuff. Like, I don't want to talk about feelings. Just give me some tools. Right. And I've literally said, like, those exact words. Right. Right. <laughs> and they're like, uh huh. Yeah, that's not. How yeah. <laughs> so I love that, Brianna. Thank you, Brianna, for writing. Yeah. Um. And then uh, Nina says, for me, I feel like I could be saying yes to accepting love. I'm in a very committed relationship, but it is difficult for me to receive and accept love. I love how she mentions women not being able to accept compliments or recognition for success. Mm -hmm. It's so true, and it's something I hadn't recognized until I heard her say this just this week. I received a compliment from the gym owner on my CrossFit coaching and how I'm doing a good job. I thanked him, but immediately quickly said I have a long way to go. I had too much self-doubt to believe that I could actually be doing a decent job because it still feels so new to me every time. This was such a good book. Uh, Nina, welcome to this world of uh, when we hear compliments. Sometimes we're like, ooh. And we, yeah. we want to reject them or we want to kind of, I, we you mentioned this last week, Claire, of how we kind of want to say that we had had help or, oh, had a good team and instead of really accepting it and saying thank you and kind of having like a little asterisk next to it. And I think we're all yeah. gu guilty of this where she's like, I thanked him, but then I quickly said I have a long way to go. And it's like, well, why don't we just say thank you? Just yeah. Thank I, like you. a lot of people wrote about that. I mean, that was kind of one of the prompts that I put on there, you know, asking people like, do you identify with the fact, you know, she says that. In the book, Shonda has this whole story about going to an awards banquet of some kind for women in, in television. And they go through, you know, re and, and, and announce every single person that's there and every single woman as they're, you know, literally reading a list of all these amazing things that every woman in there has done. Every single one either, like, you know, looked mortified or sort of, like, looked the other way or waved her off or, you know, like, tried to, you know, cover her face and nobody was just like, yeah, that's me. You're right. Even though literally you're like reading things, like these are facts about them. Yeah. And a lot of women said, um, a lot of people who wrote, you know, like Melissa said, why can't we just say thank you, move on? No, you don't have to answer a compliment with another compliment. I also think that's really, I yeah. like that she pointed that out. I just think like people don't even know what to say. And so you're kind of this awkward, like, well, what do I do? And instead of just being like, yeah, thanks. 
Well, I think, too, of a lot of what she says in the book is I liked when she talked about how people would always ask her, like, how do you do it all? Or everything around all of her accomplishments, she would try to downplay them because she was like being so successful and being a writer in this world. She it was almost like you had to suffer in order to to make it real. And the fact that she was so successful, it was really hard for her to kind of to celebrate that because then she was seen as like, oh, you're not legit or you're not or she or she felt like she was like flaunting it. She was flaunting it or what have you. But I also like what she said about when everyone was like, how do you do it all? And she's like, I'm so sick of people asking women that question she's like I don't do it all yeah because I have a nanny I have a nanny and she's like and I have a lot of help and I don't do it all whenever I'm doing well at work I'm suffering at home whenever I'm doing really well at home I'm suffering at, at work so I don't do it all and I love this perspective from the place that we always we feel often that we have to have everything perfect and we have to do everything mm-hmm. 100% full force to a T. And she calls it out that we can, it's unrealistic and that will absolutely tire us out. And I think that's when, what leads to her, the moment when she's on the plane and she's like, I have, I had to get a seatbelt extender or what have you and her seatbelt yeah. didn't work and because she was so overweight. And she's like, that was the moment where I was like, oh my gosh, something has to change here. I cannot do it all. But I, And I also think though, like Molly Stoltman wrote us and said, that her, her favorite thing about the book was that she wanted to be like more of an unapologetic role model for her kids though. So it's kind of that same, even though like we can't do it all, still saying, but you know, that doesn't mean that you should downplay what you can do and what mm-hmm. you do do. And she says, Molly wrote that her mom has always worked and she traveled a lot and she was out of town a lot for, you know, some, some important life events. But it says, instead of raising a daughter who resented her for working too much, she taught me in the words of Shonda to be strong, to be powerful, to be independent, to be competitive, to be fiercely myself and fight for what I want. She says, now that's a role model model for a young woman. She said, I absolutely loved her thoughts on greeting cards for moms. There are all kinds of ways and reasons that mothers can and should be praised. But for cultivating a sense of invisibility, martyrdom, and tirelessly working unnoticed and unsung, those are not reasons. Which I also think, so that kind of also leads me into a lot of people wrote about the kind of work-life balance with kids. And I love what she said about that. And Me too. And that's something that like, you know, I think somebody asked. Um, Can I say the part from Molly's email really quick and bring this up? Because this was also a favorite yeah. part. And when she, when Shonda was at the PTA meeting and some, yes. you know, like <laughs> stupid, <laughs> foofy, yeah. Like PTA, uh, oh, PTA, mom. PTA mom to like to the T always put together was like, now everyone has to bring homemade oh, okay. treats because it just is nicer. And yeah. Shonda was like, are you fucking kidding me? And she like <laughs> yelled it really loud and everyone turned around. She's like, I'm sorry. Like, that's so unrealistic. And that just breeds that environment that we all everyone has to have homemade baked goods and Shonda's like yeah I'm going to be picking up stuff from Costco and that's going to have to work for you yeah (laughs) so and then also a a, um is this the same Molly no a different Molly no Melissa sorry Melissa on Facebook wrote Melissa Slappy says can you girls talk about the doing it all working mother thing from your perspective since Claire is a new mom and I know Joy has mentioned the struggle slash pressure of the decision to have a family god I'm so not ready for that ongoing mom struggle that I know will happen if and when I have kids I and she says, I really, really like the way she addressed this, but it still sounds so hard. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is very much just like, you know, I, I don't know. The thing that I mostly took away from it was like, you know, like you yourself are the only person who knows what's best for your family. Mm-hmm. And if that means that you need to work, 
or that you should work and that you want to work, then that's what you need to do. And you need to do what you have to do to make it happen. You know, if that means you want to get a nanny, if that means, you know, whatever it is. And that, you know, the fact that she was just like, I have always, you know, even towards the end, you know, sort of getting ahead of myself when she talks about like marriage, but she talks about the way that she always knew, you know, she always knew she wanted to work. She always knew she wanted to have kids. And like for her, it wasn't a question of like, am I going to be a stay at home mom, you know, any of that stuff. And so she just kind of did what she had to do to make it work because she just knew that that's what her life needed to look like. Right. And I loved how she was like, I'm, I don't want to get married, though. Yeah, let's get to that in a second. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I think that like her perspective of that, I really like just because I think it in a way kind of made me feel a little bit off the hook. Of like, you know, you see, like, for example, Gwyneth Paltrow is like the opposite of this. So she's like, why can't, you know, I don't, I just don't get why, what the big deal is. Like, why are working moms so complaining? And you're like, Gwyneth, you are the least in touch with reality human on the planet. And whereas then Shonda turns around and is like, no, it's hard. And like, you have to do what you have to do. Okay, should we, should we jump up to, here, let's, back, before we get into the marriage thing, because that's like one of the last chapters. Let's kind of start a little bit back from the beginning because I just want to read what people like what people had to say I asked which of Shonda's yeses did you most relate to and I really liked people's answers can we Mm -hmm. can we go back to that let's do it okay we've had a couple people talk about accepting love yeah and saying yes to love saying yes yeah saying yes to accepting love saying yes to work saying yes to play receiving compliments but yeah let's talk about the saying yes to love so Nina says I'm in a very committed relationship but it's difficult for me to receive and accept love I love how she mentions women not being able to accept compliments or recognition for success oh wait we already read that yeah one. we read that one but I think okay. I think if we just covered like the saying yes to accepting love because a few people wrote in about that and that's something that's really difficult because again what Shonda mentions is that you know people we're constantly mirroring people that we're reflecting others and others are reflecting us and that's a really difficult thing for us as humans just period to to do which is why it's really difficult and really challenging to be in a partnership i think claire and i you guys know about you know how we feel about the posting of the the bffs you know hashtag 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 (laughs) he's my best friend or uh, that marriage is supposed to be this or you know whatever partnership you're in is supposed to be like this blissful everything's wonderful of the time and we share everything together and it's like that that may work for some people but if you really really dig into the dirt of a relationship that's just not how it goes it's just not reality so I think her I think those of you who are saying I'm going to say yes to love that it's I hate the overuse of the word vulnerable but it is it's the ultimate vulnerability of just being like all right I gotta put myself out here and you're also stepping up to the plate of saying yes to looking at yourself and how you need to improve which we don't like to do because we're stubborn but I also want to say one really quick thing too about what that that Melissa just wrote too about the topic of doing it all and the pressure of, of having a family and all of that societal pressure I think in general I think we can all speak about that in terms of Shonda not wanting not wanting to get married and then working is and also raising a family and saying yes mm-hmm. to saying yes to play when her kids were like do you want to play with me and she's like yes I do and so uh, I think my perspective on that that really struck me is when she was saying whatever it is that really calls to your heart is what matters and there was a moment when I thought when she would be writing this book that she really wouldn't cover people who chose not to have children because I still find that such a such an option in Scott and I's life of that truly may be our path and so Mm -hmm. that's something that I constantly want to 
explore is like saying yes to that and really owning that because that's that's always going to be something especially at our age of struggling with that and mm-hmm. but struggling i just mean like struggling the, with the question the, not so much the question of like the judgments right of like of what that sure. means like, uh, yeah i mean like, like the questions of like people struggling yeah with, like, exactly like to to what that means and and what kind of template we're fitting in um, so I think that's a really, it's, it's a longer conversation to have, but I think as far as her just touching on that and including everyone, everyone's decisions being like, yeah. say yes to that of like what really, really calls to you and makes you feel yeah. alive. Kind of just going back to what we were saying about like, you know, I was saying that the thing that resonated with her message about being a working mom. And this is Kelly wrote this us in an email that I was saying, you know, I think that the, the message that I really took away from that was just like, do kind of just like the whole book really is like, you know, you just need to figure out a way to say yes to what it is that you need and to what like, but kind of like the, the ultimate, like you do you. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And Kelly wrote the, one of the things that she liked most about the book was the lesson of tr- to trust and love my true self. She says, this last one was big for me. Sometimes I'm afraid to be myself or people may think I'm weird. I get my feelings easily hurt, but I really love myself and who I am and what I enjoy. So I need to learn trust in myself and let me be me. And I think kind of at the end of the day, that's really what I took away from this is just kind of one surprisingly relatable, very, you know, in her words, dark and twisty type of person just saying like, Hey, listen, if I can, if I can own every single decision that I make, then so can you. Yeah, exactly. The imposter syndrome. Courtney wrote us and said, imposter syndrome is real. I think a lot of us do it subconsciously. I try to stop and think before I react to a compliment. Always thinking that we are eventually going to reveal that we don't know what the heck we're doing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And and I mean, everyone feels that way. Like, oh, they see me as an expert or I actually could be at this point in my life. Like eventually someone's going to find out that I don't know what the heck I'm doing. And I think we can all relate to that too. Melissa said that too. She said, I'm considered the trauma expert at her new job. And it makes me cringe every time because I don't think I deserve that title. Yeah. I'm going through that right now with my new, well, with my new job because I'm, yeah, because I, <sighs> you know, you're, <laughs> yeah, and, and that was, that was something that when I read Brene Brown's book, and then I read Shonda's book, that was, those two books were really influential on me making the decision to take the job. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of it really did have to do with, it was more about growth, it was more about saying yes to opportunities, but it was also just saying yes to being so scared. <laughs> And feeling like you're just floating and not really knowing what you're doing. So I think that there's a piece of me that was when I was reading these books, it was like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to I'm going to say yes to these opportunities. I'm going to say yes to this growth. But, you know, the, the imposter syndrome, obviously, I don't know. I, this is like a, the biggest team that I've ever led. So going in and just being like, OK, I don't know what the heck that I'm doing. And are they going to really find out that I am in my mind? I'm like, I'm not smart. I don't I can't make these decisions, but I know that I can. It's like. Why, why do I do that to myself? It's just, we're so funny. We all right. have those stories. Yeah, it's like no matter how concrete the evidence is that you obviously can do that, for some reason you're still sitting there being like, no, 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 clearly, clearly when I, you know, in the past when I've done this, that must have just been a fluke. And right. at any moment, I'm just going to like totally go crashing down and everyone's going to be like, well, we knew all along that you couldn't do this. Yeah, ha ha. It's like, you know, the behind the curtain. Right, the Great exactly. and powerful Oz. Um, so <laughs> I like what Katie wrote about, uh, she says, which of Shonda's yeses did you most relate to? She says, yes to my body. I finally found something I love and can say yes to that helps me improve me, which is CrossFit. And And, uh, Cynthia said, being honest with herself, it's something I continue to work on. And I think that's a huge one too. I think it's so easy to kind of like go through 
life with this picture of like the story where she talked about her friends Pam and Ken where she realized that like this whole time she'd basically been totally lying to herself about who these people were because she kind of like needed them to be those people in her life and and then she realized when she started being honest with herself about who they really were and about like what conversations she needed to have with them and she her other friends were like no they've always been these toxic people you just haven't been willing to be honest with yourself and see it I thought that was really interesting I don't have the capacity to do that in my life to like literally you know make things up to that degree but it was well I just mean like I don't have the capacity to like not like make things up but like the capacity to, you know, she talks about how she like invents things. So I don't think, I'm just saying like, I don't think I have entire people in my life that I'm sort of not being honest with myself about, but there are definitely situations in my life where it's like, if I really was honest with myself, that is, that situation is not, you know, needs to be addressed in a different way or needs to be addressed period or, you know, whatever it is. So I thought that was really interesting that to, you know, that she had found it to such an extreme degree that she had basically been lying to herself about entire relationships that she had, entire friendship. Kitty also asks, or Kitty answers, what is one place in your life where you know you could be saying yes more? She says, I definitely, uh, I could definitely do a better job at saying yes to saying no, which I love. I love that response. I think this is one of the hardest things we do in our lives. I've always been a people pleaser saying, so saying no is hard. I even went to a motivational speaker's talk a couple months ago, and she said the same thing. She said, express gratitude for the invitation or whatever it is, then say no, and then stop, which as a side note, I love there's a quote that says, no is a complete sentence. And then she goes on and says, anything after the no is trouble. Sounds like this. Gee, Claire, thank you for inviting me to your pampered chef party, but I'm going to have to pass this time. She says, I've tried it a couple times and wow, it works, which is great. Because like, when you just say no, you say no. But I think so much of the time we're like trying to explain that I've stopped giving people excuses or like, and most of the time they're like real reasons, even if I'm not like making things up. But when someone asks me something and I say no, I never explain why. I'm just like, I can't. Because who cares? I just can't, you know? <laughs> like, they don't need an explanation. Right. Yeah, and I think, I like how, you know, she talks about, like, her friend asked her in the book, her friend asked her to get, like, a ton of, you know, to borrow a ton of money. When she says no, her friend freaks out at her, and she's like, and it actually, like, relaxes her. She's like, this is what I was afraid of, and now it's happening. And so now I don't have to be afraid of it anymore because it happened and I lived. I, mean, I want to read Katie's answers too, where she says that we're like mirrors. What do you think you're reflecting to others? Uh, she says, I've always struggled with a low self-opinion. So I think a lot of people can relate to that whole self-esteem. And so reflecting that to others, I think a lot of times when we have a low self-esteem, and I, I want to say this gently because I think there's a lot of people that do this, and I, I, myself included, so it's not saying this to, to point her out, but to speak for a lot of people, is that when we have a low self-esteem, it's really hard and, and you really, you don't cover it up, you know, when, it, when it's kind of more of an obvious thing to other people, it makes other people feel really uncomfortable. And I see this a lot with patients at my job is where they don't understand why they can't make friendships or that friends always leave them or that they can't create deep relationships is that they mirror back their discomfort. And so other people really don't know how to deal with that. And that's, I think, what pushes other people away. It just comes across as being like really, I think ironically, when you have low self-esteem, it can come across as being really self-absorbed. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it can like because you have low self esteem, the way you mirror things back is through a lens of like extreme self doubt, but it ends up turning it into being about you. Yeah, for sure. Oh my gosh, we asked about best one liner. I love when she said, 
did you just, he just cliched me the best line ever. Yeah. But I'm trying to think which, what cliche yeah. did he say again? It's going to drive me crazy, but I know exactly what point where she's like, he just cliched me. Oh, that was so great. I just can't remember what the cliche was. It's going to drive me nuts. I will find it. Stand, okay. stand by. I'm trying to Google, like to search it in the Kindle and it's not coming up. It's like, it's no, okay. match a sound. You, no, you're it's lying. Fine. I cannot remember what it was about. I want to say, yep, I'm not even going to guess. But anyway. Okay. So let's wrap up. Um, Lori said that her favorite quote would be from the Dartmouth speech about pooping and dying. Oh, that was so great. I did, you know. <laughs> when she, it's been her, like, her, the first speech that she gives in the year of yes. And she's like, I, what did she say? Uh, well, when she's water, talking about her. Right in front of me. Yeah, she's talking about yeah. her fears when she's like, I could die. I might pass or out I could, or yeah. die or poop my pants or, or something. Yeah. I mean, don't worry. I'm not going to pass out or die or poop my pants. Mainly because just by telling you it could happen. I have now somehow, somehow neutralized it as an option. <laughs> yeah, I love that part of the book. And especially if you did the audible version, because they actually played the speech, the actual speech. The actual yeah. speech. And then my favorite part of that speech within the book is when she talks about being a doer instead of a dreamer. And that yeah. was probably that was one of your favorite parts that of the was book. One of, yeah, that was one of my favorite parts of the book. So she she says, ditch the dreams and be a doer. And I so relate to that because I think we get really caught up in the how as opposed to just doing things. And so the how can really just, we can sit and plan and we can make dream boards, which those all serve a purpose, but it can really keep us from doing anything. And so, you know, I think, again, I'm kind of referring back to when I counsel patients on this, especially if they're, you know, like really depressed, but all of us get caught up in like the planning and the dreaming and the making of the Pinterest boards. And then we talk about a plan and we talk about a plan and we talk about a plan. And it's, it's the equivalent of standing at the top of the diving board and just looking down. Well, it's always going to be scary. So you just have to do it. So the doing is going to give you the how. The doing is going to give you the answers. The doing is going to lead to more experiences and mixing it up into the world and getting outside and meeting people and interacting and trying things and failing at them is going to give you the information. But planning all day is going to give you zero information. It's just going to be, you, you're, it's like you're, you're fooling yourself into to doing. So that one, that part yeah, was really, like, that part was really good for me. I loved the, um, as she said, that it was like one of those pieces where you, when you read something, it like hits you in your gut. You're like, oh yeah, that's really good. That's what I needed to hear. I, um, I also want to read what Shelly wrote. She said, I should be saying yes to rejection. I rarely ask for things or make suggestions because I'm terrified someone's going to say no. If I really think about it, it's not that big a deal, but it gets me all anxious. So I've decided I'm just going to ask for things no matter what. And then she goes on to say, I was listening to some podcast a while back. This guy just started asking random people for random things just to get used to the feeling of being rejected and being okay with it and realizing yes, it's not a big deal. I remember that. Yeah. I don't know what it yeah, was, but I, I remember. remember that, yeah. I remember reading about it. I think it was like a, I think like I wrote a book about it and I really liked that because I, I, I just liked the way that she like was able to frame things. And, you know, somebody else wrote about this and like the saying yes to um, accepting love where it wasn't, you know, it wasn't about like saying yes to marriage. It was about saying yes to what you wanted out of a relationship. Exactly. And like saying yes to the relationship that you want. And where I, you know, I, I just really liked the way that she framed like, okay, what, like, how am I going to say yes? Like what exact thing? Am I saying yes to? And in that way, it almost reminded me kind of like of like the like manifestation sort of mentality. Right. Like, okay, what is what is the thing? You know, where she and then also in the book, like where she realized I have been saying yes to being fat. Right. You know, and she talks about like her veal practice and how she's been saying yes to eating and you know and that. But and so she could either keep saying yes to being fat and stop complaining about it, 
or, you know, have changed around. But so I like the way that Shelly said, you know, say yes to rejection. Like you're saying yes to feeling uncomfortable. Right. And at that, but like at that point, it's like, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, if you try to fail and succeed, which one do you do? It's almost like if you say yes to being rejected, then you kind of, you take away that like sting of the, that kind of like sharp intake of breath that goes along with that experience of being rejected. Exactly. And I think the the piece that we mentioned before, you know, I think we've mentioned a few pieces about this book through our regular episodes is the time when she's like, you know, dieting is not going to ever be fun for me. Exercising yeah. is never going to be fun for me. It's never going to be something that I'm going to be like super excited about, but I'm going to do it because the payoff and the things that are this, the byproduct of that is really going to, to benefit me and I know it makes me yeah. feel better I know it makes me a better mom and a better person but I also want to back up really quick before we end this episode and talk a little bit about why she did this book and the reason she did this book for those of you who haven't read the book or we just need to remind ourselves because I want to remind myself is that her <laughs> sister heard her and she has a great family and they're all very close and her sisters are really funny they have a great relationship and the reason this kind of ties into the reason of why I thought she was kind of standoffish and like a rude person was that she always said no to everything she said no to yeah. every invitation she didn't go to parties she never did speeches she never was in doing interviews because of the things that she says in this in the graduation speeches that she was afraid that she was going to look like an idiot she was afraid she was going to trip she was afraid she was going to poop her pants like she's so funny about it but she's like i never i never said yes like i i rejected every invitation and you know she's a very high-powered person in Hollywood so she was getting invitations everywhere and you know meeting the president etc etc so yeah or like, her- I like the part she says a no conversation was a five brownie emergency yeah um, at the rate I was getting a quest I was going to need to be forklifted do not laugh being forklifted is not a joke it is my dark place <laughs> <laughs> but it's like you know so it's like that was a real fear for her but the way that she says it you're like okay that's actually and so she just her she was talking to her sister at a, a dinner about an invitation she got and she said she wasn't going to go and her sister kind of mumbled under her breath you you never say yes to anything and so that just hit her like a ton of bricks and she's like you never say yes to anything you never say yes to anything and it just stuck with her and so she went on this quest for a year to say yes to everything everything and so that's kind of how, you know how she documents her journey of saying yes and and the fear that came along with it of doing an Oprah interview and doing all these interviews and being on Jimmy Kimmel and being finally getting out there and it was really difficult for her or, or doing even, even doing the graduation speech, like she was terrified. I just, I loved it. I, it was a great book. I am so glad we started with this as our first book. And thank you, I know, listeners. I, and I just, I just have to say, I love when she met Oprah and she's like, and then she goes, the second, the second woman still flapping my sweaty arms. I stared. I couldn't identify the second woman. Who was it? And then the arm flapping stopped. Gail, my brain realized. Sweet mother of television. <laughs> I'm looking at both Oprah and Gail. I just love what she says, sweet mother of television. Sweet mother of television. <laughs> That's how I feel like we would feel if we met, like, you know, Bob Harper and who would be the Tina Fey. Like yeah, I'd be like, sweet mother of television. Yeah. Sweet, sweet mother of mean girls, sweet mother of comedy would be Tina Fey, Amy Poehler. If we met them, I don't, I would just, yeah, I would faint. Thank you everyone for joining our Girls Gone Wad book club. For next month, or I guess I should say this month, we are reading Presence by Amy Cuddy. It's spelled C-U-D-D-Y. So it's about, basically it's mostly about the imposter syndrome and about just like how to, kind of like what 
presence really is, like what that X factor is and how you can find it and how you can do it and how you can kind of fake it until you make it in terms of presence. It's really interesting. I haven't read the whole thing, but the author's story is really interesting. She was in a really horrible car accident uh, when she was in college and she actually went to CU Boulder and she and her friends had been up in Wyoming for the weekend and they were trying to drive home and make it back in time for their, you know, early morning Monday classes. And they were in a Jeep and her two friends were in the front seat and she was in the back, like sprawled out in the back asleep. And they, her friend fell asleep at the wheel and rolled the Jeep. And she, because she was laying in the back seat, she flew out of the car into the road and her brain twisted inside her skull, which is bad, really bad. And so she had like a horrible brain injury and so it basically is like kind of a story about a little bit of a story about her coming back from that but mostly how she basically spent the next several years of her life you know she eventually was able to finish college and even went on to get her become like a fellow at Princeton in psychology psychology I think and she the whole time was thinking like I shouldn't be here I have a brain injury they're gonna find me out they're gonna find out I have this brain injury they're gonna kick me out and so just like her experience through that and then also like through mentoring others with it. And so anyway, it just, it's really about that imposter syndrome and about sort of like that X factor of showing up and how you can overcome the, that fear of sort of being found out and own, kind of own it a little bit more. So another kind of similar genre, but when I first started reading Presence, I was just like screamed joy to me. It's joy, the joy, the person, not joy, the emotion. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I thought it, it would be a good one. Maybe someday we'll do a fiction, but probably not. <laughs> yeah, probably not. I just feel like these are so much more interesting to have a discussion yeah. about, but maybe we'll, we'll think about it. But yeah, so thank you everyone who's joined the Girls Gone Wild Book Club. You guys asked for it and we have delivered. So hopefully this Yay. first episode has a bonus episode you guys are so lucky with all of our busy schedules I (laughs) mean geez you guys are so demanding no I'm just kidding and if you want to jump in the book club there's you know anyone can join and keep writing us emails as we read this book so April has already started you guys get on this book get on presents go to audibletrial.com forward slash girls gone wad podcast to get your free audiobook and one month free trial support the podcast you can also support Kalo Q-A-L-O.com our discount code is G-G-W and please subscribe to the podcast so get on itunes hit subscribe that bumps our ratings up so if you really like us and you want to do something for us please hit that subscribe button that will help others find this podcast and help our community grow so that's it for our first book club podcast episode special and you guys hope you like it we will uh see you in the book club at the end of this month all right bye bye